0: My name is Angie Brown, and you are listening to the Being Luminary podcast, the podcast where I get into all things diversity, equity, and inclusion with luminary guests, a sprinkling of coaching, advice, guidance, and the inspiration for you to do things differently in your organization. If you want to create a luminary place to work, a luminary experience for your clients, your teams, your communities, if you are committed to overleaping compliance and heading straight for luminary approaches to DEI, you are in the right place. You are listening to The Being Luminary Podcast, episode number 78. Welcome back to The Being Luminary Podcast, where we are in a special series featuring conversations from our November 2023 virtual summit, reimagining DEI for a new era of ethical leadership. In these conversations, you are going to hear me talking to my guests, thought leaders, educators, innovators in the field of diversity, equity and inclusion. Each window is going to be a bit of a window into our conversation, but also some of the ideas and strategies that we really feel are shaping the future of DEI. I hope you enjoy.
1: everybody yeah I'm my owner Jackson um, I head up the insights team at Ajurio. Um we run a series of different surveys uh, within the education sector but uh, one of one of the surveys that we we run is an equality diversity and like, diversity and inclusion survey which we've now been uh, running for the last three years heading into our fourth academic year now um, but yeah we've got some some exciting kind of broader equality diversity and inclusion stuff to discuss
0: What would you say um, is changing in terms of the discussions that you're having around diversity, equity, inclusion within um, the education sector over the last few years?
1: Yeah, so I'm going to answer that question in two different ways. I'm mm. going to share a little bit about some of the changes in the data. Mm. Um, but I'm actually going to start by talking about the changes in the discussions that we've been having. So um, it's been really, really interesting. As you say, we we started our journey together. Um, a few years ago, um, our decision to introduce us a focused equality, diversity and inclusion survey um, came about in the wake of the George Floyd murder. And the kind of um, that feeling that the, sec- that, that the sector and beyond has kind of woken up to, to the issue and, and was kind of in a position now to, to really make it a priority um so we started and um our our kind of initial survey was um as i say it was a focused one and we looked at how people with different protect- protected characteristics feel about how their workplace addresses the issue of um equality diversity and inclusion um and that survey was um was for staff only so we didn't we we looked purely at the kind of um i suppose we could say hr type yeah space um and yeah looking to understand kind of how yeah ha- how people of different um, backgrounds were were feeling um yeah. as i say the focus was on equality diversity and inclusion mm. um and quite interestingly that first year, we had loads and loads of people sign up to the to the survey. Um, I think we had around seventeen thousand um, respondents. Mm. The following year, we still had a large number, but a bit less. And then last year, we had less still. Um, and that was yeah, that was that was something that was kind of yeah, quite cause for alarm. Um, we we sort of had were having conversations internally. Are people over EDI? Are people mm. is it was it that kind of Mm. Um, rallying cry in 2020 um, and then other things got in the way obviously within the education sector we've had kind of retention problems we've had mm. strike action now we've got um, the new the new challenge of, of RAC and I'm sure something else mm. is coming down the line mm. is it what is the issue that EDI is just off not at the top of people's to-do list anymore Um and yeah, as I say, some soul searching internally, what, what's going on there, uh, discussions with people within the sector. So people like you, people like Hannah Wilson at diverse educators, lots of different, um, people who are working in the EDI space and also with our customers. Um, and I think the, what, what is hopefully the, the reassuring, uh, thing is we, we don't think people are over it. We think mm-hmm. it, it's actually that, that everyone's, uh understanding of it is is growing, including ours. Um, And I started this by saying we had this focus survey, which asked staff members specific questions about their workplaces um approach to equality, diversity and inclusion. Um, And actually what we're looking at now is um saying it needs to go beyond that. It needs to go, what does the entire experience look like for staff members of different protected characteristics? Mm -hmm. um and a couple of a couple of kind of examples i'll share uh one of our partner trusts um ted rag trust in the in Mm -hmm. the southwest yeah we um they i i was talking i was at a conference and and had a nice chat with them a a few months ago and they made the kind of slightly controversial sounding statement um edi is not part of is is not on their hr strategy Mm -hmm. um and you think oh okay (laughs) um it's not on their HR strategy because it is on every single strategic pillar of their organisation. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, they've taken it kind of beyond the preserve of yeah, the HR team or yeah. um, staff matters and so on. So yeah, one, that's one thing. The other thing I'll share is um, the CST um, building strong trusts um, framework and the Department for Education's high quality trust frameworks, which is um what the DFE are using for making decisions on kind of trust growth and whether or not to approve um, trusts mm-hmm. or more schools. Uh, both of those frameworks do the same. They put um, kind of inclusion matters across the entire um, spectrum. So they might have a school improvement pillar, uh, but within that, they have to have, they, they have specific items on it around um, inclusion and, um, and, and DEI matters. So I think that's kind of one thing about the mm. overall trends that we've seen. Yeah. Started. It was, it was this HR topic. It was this thing about staff. It was, it was, it was there. And now, yeah, it's, it has moved beyond that. Um, mm. and so going forwards here at Jurio, we are now, um, when we're, we're, we're making sure that in each of our staff, pupil and parent experience surveys, uh, we're able to capture protected characteristic information as yeah. well to yep. ensure that, yeah, we can now look at your workload, uh, yeah, lens of your protected characteristics, yep. your relationships and so on. Great.
0: that there is something about that initial surge in numbers that you had when you launched the survey that was a reflection on schools jumping to act, their act, the usual action orientation I mean was that like a response to the murder of George Floyd effectively that everybody needed to feel like they were doing something and now the numbers of people signing up look like more
1: typical numbers or or you know sustainable numbers? Um, So one thing to note is that um because of the because of the kind of focused nature of the of the equality, diversity, and inclusion survey, um, we, we will see now with the kind of merging um, of the two into the experience surveys, we will see those numbers actually increasing. Uh, okay. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, what it, it's it's I think is a bit of a shift of attention. Yeah. So moving from yeah that the it's almost this is a deep dive this is that kind of yeah. um yeah the, the 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 specific focus on edi mm-hmm. but we will we we are now going to see those bigger numbers mm. um but looking across the entire experience so that's that's mm. one thing to say but i do think there was an element of and, and i don't think it's I, I i don't actually think it's kind of a um i I don't think it's like oh schools got excited and now they're mm-hmm. over it i think it's um the stars aligned to an extent. I think there Mm. was that kind of global um, focus on the issue and Mm. um, it it put it on the agenda in a way that perhaps it had been near the top of the to-do list once they sorted out this and sorted out that and so on. So, um, yeah, I I think it's, I I don't know necessarily that it's people are, are now not working on it, but it is that the conversation is, it's becoming embedded, I think, more, in the wider um, way of running an organization mm. uh, than, than, than a few years ago. Mm. And so
0: just to be devil's advocate, people will say that that some people might say that that does that represent a dilution in the in the kind of in the focus that actually when we move away from, you know, often people feel like if we're focusing on DEI, then we're not really focusing on an issue like anti-racism, which, you know, looks different to DEI, which kind of dilutes some of the dynamics and our understanding of the dynamics of racism in organisations. I'm a DEI consultant, so I kind of talk about a whole range of different protected characteristics. Is there something about moving away from the terminology of EDI and calling an experience survey that then masks the issue or that then has the potential for diluting the focus on DEI? Or do you feel like within the experience survey, because it is specifically focused on protective characteristics, that 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 will that that will come out of it.
1: Yeah, bit of both. I think mm. there is that risk. I think that um, I think that yeah, that you it could be a footnote. It could be here's what the experience looks like, and by the way, it's particularly bad for this group. Right. That's,
0: okay.
1: That's yeah. not, not going to be a um, that that will be a, a kind of worse outcome than yeah. Than what we're sure. looking at Now. Yeah. Um, but actually, I think that it, yeah, the, the opportunities are greater um, if you are able to kind of see where in the experiences are the issues. Um, mm. And and almost you can kind of use between between our, our and I, I don't I don't mean to make this kind of a sales picture of the surveys, mm-hmm. but uh, almost between the two, you can do that. Um, Broad understanding mm. um, across the experience, and there's a little bit of a uh, there's a couple of e- of questions getting to um, getting to the issue of um, equality, diversity, and inclusion. Um, so you can do that kind of broad understanding. um You can also do a deep, you can do the deep dive survey mm-hmm. as well. So that that remains um, available. Um, and then you can see in detail how those different areas are of kind of, um, how included people feel, how mm-hmm. valued they feel and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it also gives you an, an, insp- uh, kind of inspiration on where the issues are. So yeah. if you learn over here that particular groups are feeling less valued, you can learn over here what parts of the experiences are lacking and then you yeah. can find the places to create those interventions. Yeah
0: thank you for joining us on the being luminary podcast where again we featured an episode from our november 2023 summit i hope that it offered you some valuable insights and some inspiration our special series is continuing on next week where we're going to be bringing you another of these conversations which highlights a really interesting set of perspectives and innovative approaches to leadership don't miss the next episode i look forward to seeing you then This episode was presented by me, Angie Brown. Original music is by Martin Ostwick. The series is edited by Big Tent Media and produced by Emily Crosby Media.